Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 176 of Korea Podcast. And yes, I finally got my new microphone. I put it on the stories. I don't know if you can see it. It's like my T-shirt is pretty dark here. It's like one of those like things that YouTubers you see a lot that use. And one Boya Pro, not sponsored. Like I hope the audio quality is much better than previous episodes. Just want to let you know on that as well. And well, our today's guest is Mr. Daniele Trevisan. He's a freelance concept designer from Italy. Now, of course, before we jump into the questions and everything, you know, that I usually do, let me just quickly mention that in the captions, you can check his Instagram ID if you want to go check out more of his works or also in depth. If you want to check more of his works in depth, you can also check his art session as well. All the links are down below in the captions. And just one thing, if you're interested into the subject that, you know, we're, we're going to talk about or his per- profession, he professionally works on which is like gun designing and you know gun making for you know different ips and stuff like that there's a link to a gun design tutorial you know on his art station made in marketplace which you can check out if you like you know you can you know purchase it and you know use it you know it's it's really in depth and you know it's really specific so if you're into gun designing and stuff and you need to you know hone your skills in that area you you can check it out as well and with that out of the way let's jump to the first question that i ask everyone which is uh, well but before I do that, how are you dealing with this heat of summer, actually? Like, that's my main question right now. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's pretty tough because, like, at the moment, I'm living in Croatia. Um, I'm quite lucky, actually, because I'm, I'm living on the top of a hill. It's, like, they, they call it mountain. I call it a hill because, like, I'm used to, like, Alps and stuff like that when, when I'm, because I'm actually from Italy. Um, but, yeah, it's quite, like, I'm a bit more fresh here. It's colder. Like, usually it's two degrees like below like the average in Croatia so I'm kind of coping uh, I also go to the beach and stuff like that uh, it's pretty cool to be here honestly like it's almost like feels like um, being on vacation all the time uh, but yeah so um, I cope like that but I hate, I hate like hot in general hot weather in general when I was living in the UK for five years actually like was a nice weather honestly like it was like, a good a good temperature through the whole year though like it rains a lot, but whatever. So yeah, I'd say I'm I'm doing pretty good. What about you, man? <clears throat> um, like now is good. Like it's weird because right now, like Istanbul weather is actually crazy. Like what I mean by that, like two months ago it was way hotter than now, which is kind of ironic, right? But now, of course, it's getting gradually hotter. You know, like at night I don't put a blanket on me, you know, because I don't need it. It's hot. Yeah, but yeah. I know. Wake, but when I wake up in the morning, I wake up from cold. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes I camp. Sorry, I cut you off. But yeah, sometimes I I go camp out with, with my dog as well. And uh, you can tell, like, during the night, it's actually, like, quite cold. Sometimes I um, always find, I mean, sometimes I also find, like, uh, some, uh, basically the moisture from the tent that kind of, like, freeze up, you know, in the morning. So it's, like, everything frozen. It's pretty interesting, yeah, even if it's summer. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. And, uh, yeah, right now it's, like, exactly 12 p.m. right now in Istanbul and as the hours go by like you know by by like you know 3 4 3 4 p.m. like you know it gets super hot you know uh, right now it's relatively good and I don't even have my AC on you know but yeah it gets brutal oh, know, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean it, I mean uh, also like your country is quite quite famous to be like super super hot in summer so yeah I can understand that <clears throat> 
Yeah. You cut for a second, though, for some reason. I, I, I couldn't see your video oh, yeah, for I like... Uh, as well. yeah, I, yeah, for me as well, like, you know, no worries at all. I think it's a Zencaster okay, problem cool. or something, but it should be fine. We're recording very fine and well. Yeah, but the last place I want to be in this time of year is like anywhere near the equator, like Thailand, oh, Indonesia, yeah. those places are... No, just... I, like, whew, so humid. Like, you wouldn't it should even be, believe. should be... Um, should be winter though in in their place isn't it like because like isn't like the equator like um the oh the, um, yeah, the I know boreal what you mean, like... hemisphere and and the austral hemisphere it should be like slightly um like um fresh than usual but i don't know maybe maybe i'm wrong <laughs> never been to thailand yeah, that's actually an interesting point. like i know that right now in australia is winter like i know that but what about the equator i don't know that what is going on there? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, also like uh, they uh, they have like uh, oh, they have Christmas uh, on the beach, but it's December. I don't know. It's like quite confusing. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Let's jump. Right, next, let's... next question. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. So give us a little introduction on how we got into the world of visual arts and design. Basically, what this question means, you know, tell us the story of you know that moment where you really realize that oh, I want to become an artist. You know. Yeah, okay. Um, I'd say I'm part of like that group of people that uh, never thought about like becoming an artist, honestly. Um, because I, I know like most people like always true uh, when they were like young and stuff like that. It wasn't like that for me. I mean, I was into video games, like, video games when I was um, a kid. I was into weapons and that t- type of stuff, but I never thought about like uh, starting like designing them or whatever. <laughs> Uh, my clicking point uh, um, has been when I was like around 21, 22 um, years old. I didn't really know what to do with my life. And um, yeah, I was just looking for a job at that point. And I got an internship in this like uh, mechanical like company in Italy. They were doing like uh, boat and giant pieces, basically. Um, and they were looking for like an, an intern there for like CAD, uh, AutoCAD and stuff like that. Because I did like CAD in school. Um, I come from like, a, like a, it's called Surveyor. Um, basically, those, those people that uh, take measurements in like workplaces, like in the street and stuff like that. I did that type of school. So um, I had a bit of background or like um, technical drawing and uh, AutoCAD. So I applied to like this internship and I got the job, but um, it's pretty funny because I completely lied about knowing AutoCAD. I didn't know, I didn't remember how to use AutoCAD. So in two weeks, basically, um, noticed that then they, they had me. I had to like learn it back. And um, it kind of was like a fun experience um, doing it that alone as well. It, um, it was like the first time, like for me, really getting excited about uh, doing uh, something like, uh, professional in a way because I had many interests and interests and uh, hobbies like growing up, but they weren't really like monetizable, I'd say. Um, so yeah, I really, I really got into that, and um, I started working in this company. It was all good, um, but of course, I, I started looking a bit more into like the three D world and CGI aspect, whatever. Started from AutoCAD actually, and um, then I discovered like in three D Max you could do. Uh, you could do like uh, architectural pre previs basically, 
And um, I got interested to that because I've seen like a Facebook page or of people like doing that. And I was like, holy shit, that's amazing. You can, with the PC, you can do something like that and make a living out of that. And it was kind of like in line with what I studied as well, because like, again, like my, well, the figure I studied, at least where I, I come from, they kind of uh, assist like uh, archi- archi- uh, architects and um, engineers about um, also like building houses and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, maybe it's something I can do, right? Um, so I started like a subscription to Plural site was that time. Um, it was called Digital Tutors. Uh, there wasn't like Gumroad at that time. I started in 2014, actually. And um, yeah, I started learning 3ds Max. Um, then I, I, I discovered ZBrush and I started learning that. Um, then I discovered that you can actually like use 3D to make video games. So I was like, holy shit, that, that sounds kind of fun, you know? Um, so I, I really wanted to do that. And then uh, I noticed that it was quite boring to actually like copy a thing perfectly, you know, and like do all the retopology. Like the retopology was really like a deal breaker for me. I really hated that. Um, so um, I noticed that every time like I was doing something in 3D, I was coming up with a different idea, right? Um, at that point, I discovered concept art. Um, I'd say like at this point, um, I was pretty much like, Six months in my journey, I was like working uh, for this company and uh, studying like pretty much every night and all weekend. It was pretty brutal, honestly. Like the first period, um, I got into, I got so much obsessed about it. Um, then I, uh, after like the, the the probation like period I had like uh, in that company, they actually offered me a full time job, but I say no uh, because I really wanted to focus more on what I was learning basically. And this was like March, I think, 2014, no, 2015, something like that. Um, and from that period, uh, pretty much like studied all day, uh, 16 hours a day, every day, uh, until I got like uh, a few gigs, basically. Like my first gig actually was uh, doing some um, um, marketing images for like uh, this like hard surface product because I was really into hard surface, right? But it was a very like tiny niche and I was getting more and more into concept art. And um, looking at the job uh, posting online, I was noticing that um, most companies were looking for a generalist, right? Uh, so I started getting into Photoshop even more. I started to learn in painting. I started to learn like, um, also like in that period of time, uh, the first Gumroads uh, were coming out. I remember like one one Gumroad that really changed my workflow completely at that time was like John Sweeney uh, intro intro to environment painting. Uh, I really learned a lot of stuff there, like with three um, D photo bashing, painting, all that type of stuff. Uh, because I really, really wanted to get into video game. Like uh, at the beginning, I was um, getting a lot of um, industrial design style of. Uh, gigs so i wanted something a bit more like uh in the inter- entertainment industry so i got into painting and all that stuff um and eventually like yeah i landed like, my first job at uh, new world interactive and that's how i started honestly um i i got, I got to work on insurgency sandstorm i did some con- some concept for them i did pretty much like mostly like environments uh, characters and all that type of stuff i didn't do any uh any high surface work for them um, I had a period of time where uh, I was pretty much like a generalist concept artist. Like some people don't remember uh, because I was a nobody. Uh, most people remember me from like uh, my CAD hard surface like images. But b- before that, um, I was heavily into painting uh, um, 
environments and stuff like that. Actually, you can find some of on, on Maya Station uh, that are divided in three. There are some some environment painting uh, paintings I did for uh, New Interactive. But yeah, this is how I started. Um, it was like a, a cool and inter- interesting journey for sure. <clears throat> All right, pretty interesting. And here's the thing: like, yes, of course. I mean, I even I think saw some of your environment stuff as well on your art session as well. But the thing is which is kind of like intriguing to me, which is what's with, who's the frog character you have as your profile picture everywhere? Like, where is it from? Like, oh, yeah. Movies yeah, it's a character from, uh, it's a character from uh, Naruto. Uh, oh. It's like a super, a super dumb frog. I mean, uh, I just recently changed my profile picture. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go with something a bit more silly. Also because I'm, I'm working on a, on a personal project, which is kind of an, an IP, um, which is based on frogs. Um, so yeah, it, it was a way to kind of tease that in a way that nobody could understand, but I would still have fun doing that, you know. And I love yeah, Naruto, also. honestly. It's, uh, I, I'm not a, like a massive fan in anime, but um, Naruto is one I watch all through, and yeah, it was like a big part of like my like young years, I'd say. My, my I wouldn't say my childhood. It was more like my my teen years for sure. It was really very cool. Yeah, it's one of those classics, Naruto, and um, yeah, it's kind of interesting, like, because I've seen a lot of people who, um, like, what I, wait, so let me just get to the point, like, what I, what I want to say is that it's important for kids to be exposed to, just young people to, yes, I mean, like, cartoons, films, or just any form of media, even video games, you know, that make, that inspires them, you know, because especially shonen, shonen mangas and animes are like, that's one of the main points of them, you know, it's not necessarily... Like, you know, dumb, goofy stuff. It's just like one Naruto, Dragon Ball, all of them. Like, you know, they're... Yeah, they they honestly teach you... Yeah, they they honestly teach you to be a good kid, pretty much. Yeah. I think there is a lot of, like, uh, that into those animals, um, which is pretty cool. I mean, it's interesting you mentioned, like, that... um, Like, you need to expose to, like, video games and media and stuff like that growing up. Because I have a very like vivid and cool memories of me and my, and my dad like playing like land parties with his friends. Uh, it was like early 2000, I think, late 90s, and I was playing fucking uh, Unreal Tournament and Quake <laughs> at like six years old, like with like arms flying around and blood everywhere. <laughs> it was fucking amazing. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And uh, all right, let's jump to a question that I'm actually particularly interested in by, which is how does your design process usually go anytime you want to start working on a, like just a a new project or a new piece that you need to, for example, you get a prompt from the concept artist or, you know, whatever. And they say, all right, 3D model this, or maybe just design this, you know, and basically how does your Um, design process usually go? Okay, yeah, it really depends by the client, honestly, because like um, some some particular clients maybe just want to see my vision, right? So they're like, yeah, just do what you want. And most of the time, I just start uh, in 3D from scratch. Um, sometimes I do like a quick sketch, maybe a silhouette in Photoshop, just to have like a, a as a background in um, in Fusion maybe or Blender, whatever. Because I use other programs as well, for especially for my vehicles. Or when it comes to like larger stuff, I tend to use like uh, Blender, for example. Uh, and, and 3D is like a big part of my workflow. It's always like in, in my workflow, usually somewhere, you know, even if I have to do like quick sketches, maybe I do like a super, super quick blockout, um, a dirty render, and then I have like a, a solid base to work from, you know, uh, and help me with like the, uh, 
with, with the colors, with the materials underneath, with the perspective and all that stuff. But yeah, um, it really depends by the client. So um, sometimes it happens like that. They just want to see my vision, right? So um, I provide like, like my vision directly, just a, a final 3D concept, like ex extremely polished. But most of the time, uh, the client, uh, the clients want to see like variations. So um, I usually do sketches in 2D first. Um, when I was working at Creative Assembly, for example, um, we had the the process for concept art divided in three stages. Uh, the first stages uh, stage was like um, super quick sketches, like usually 2D stuff. Uh, they were very rough. Then the art director and like the designer will like, come together and pick like the version they wanted. Then stage two, maybe it was like uh, um, slightly more developed. Maybe uh, for, for a gun, for example, I was like exploring the first person as well. But it was a very like quick uh, block out, photo bashing, painting on top. Um, and stage three was like the finished, like super polished concept that um, after like the end of the project, it kind of like... Um, removed as well like most of the time stage two concept was enough and for most clients that's the case so um, yeah people are quite used to see like my extremely polished concept in my in my in my like personal work because this is like something i really like to do in general um but yeah it, it depends like i have quite some uh, work from professional like sources let's say that are like quite uh sketchy and fast and like photo bash and all that stuff so yeah i, I use a, a very wide spectrum of media to come out with my, my with my final work for sure <clears throat> all right and uh, just wondering i was add another question you know personally which is like of course you know you've done a huge amount of homework it like how I many it shows when it comes to like you know gun design you know and stuff like that but i was wondering like where did you get your information like and your studies because like did you just like because the concept of like designing a, like a gun for like an asset like a gun for a video game is you need to also make it cool but you also make it functional and you know realistic so where did you get references usually you know just the whole process of your research you know that's what i want to know and, and i'm interested in yeah okay it's i mean um i have loads of years of experience now working with guns because like it's one of like the subject matter that uh, most interested me so i kind of have like a, a visual library now in my, in my head um, but i'd say like great resources for um for references are uh, youtube for sure because like um you can find many videos where like they disassemble the gun where they show the inside they show there are many uh, guns um, youtubers you can you can check out uh, instagram is out uh, um, not sorry instagram i mean instagram as well honestly I, I follow like many manufacturer pages and stuff like that sometimes i i just hit save i have like different folders um in my instagram account uh, divided for reference it's, it's not like extremely uh, handy because like most of the time instagram is on your phone so if you have to check references uh, on your computer it's a pain in the ass to have like your uh, your your phone there but sometimes you can just send a screenshot maybe and send it over to your pc to have it there because like i usually like that setting to have everything on my pc um uh, another uh, another great resource is pinterest pinterest uh, uh everything there and it's not just for gun it's for literally everything um another cool idea is like shooting a gun um i shoot a lot honestly um i love shooting um just going through that process like adds a ton um if you live in a country where it's not possible I i'd say that get an airsoft 
get an assault just to, to check the, the different proportions, just to like feel the gun and see how it should look, right? That helps a lot. Um, another like resource um, most people can use is very handy. I think it's like free as well. It's on Steam um, and it's called World of Guns. And it's a game where you can basically disassemble uh, so many type of guns and you have like all the internals and stuff like that. So yeah, lots of resources there. But um, you really have to, for everything, honestly, in design, you really have to develop that eye. Um, just watching references and also like check what other people do, honestly, uh, because like there is lots of reverse engineering you can do. There is like a, a great book on this uh, called Still Like an Artist. Oh, um, yeah, that's... We, I, I, I'm, I'm probably like sure that other people mention it on your podcast because it's quite common in our industry, and uh, they, it kind of like um, explain you how to like understand uh, what other people maybe in your uh, in your um, uh, in your in your community or like industry do and like dissect what they're doing and try to come up with your own ideas without actually copying it, you know. But yeah, these are the resources uh, I'd say um, are. are I, I personally use. <clears throat> well, here's the thing. Um, actually, you know, it's fun, funnily enough, one of my friends, you know, he recently came to assemble and he actually messaged me. I say, hey, want to go, go to a shooting range? And I was like, no, I have two podcasts to record today. <laughs> but yeah, tomorrow we're going to do that. That's like an interesting thing I just remembered. And another interesting <laughs> thing is that um, in Iran, you know, where I come from, you know, there's when basically military service is mandatory for boys, right? It's for two years. But... Also, when you're 16, there's a subject in high schools, you know, and just, you know, anywhere for boys, which is like, uh, how should I translate it? It's basically, you know, basic preparation of, you know, if the country goes to war, like, you know, how to inject atropine and some like anti-chemical warfare stuff, how to, you know, resuscitate someone, you know, basic stuff, which is actually, those are like, honestly, good things to learn, you know? Oh, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. But the part of it, part of that subject is they take you to an actual military base, a school kids. And they, you know, like a strict military environment, they do like, you know, sit, they make you sit up, you know, get up, get down, get down, like a bunch of stuff. And last but not least, everyone's favorite part. Of course, before that, we disassemble the guns and teach us how to do it. And then we have to shoot the guns, like eight bullets, I think everyone has. And we have. That's pretty cool. And yes, someone has to like, you know, with a helmet, get the, because, you know, the bullets pop out of the chamber, right? They have to like the shell of the bullets, you know, that you fire, right? And you have to collect them because, you know, they, they're hot. They're really hot and they just throw away and it might get in someone's face. So you have to, like, you know, do like this. And I remember I shoot the gun and I was like, all right, okay, now it's my turn to, you know, hold the helmet. And I forgot. I was just, you know, sitting like looking. Then someone rushed, lead me to the body and quickly put the helmet on here. Oh, it was wild. And... But yeah, like, it's funny you mentioned that because every time I go shooting um, or I do a course or whatever, uh, the range cleanup is always like, uh, a stage of everything like usually the final stage that you go there with a fucking bucket and you pick up all like the shells and stuff like that because like they want the range to be clean so yeah <laughs> something you need you need to do yes of course 100% <laughs> and um, another thing I want to also ask you I mean of course you're dealing the, the thing I think you're focusing on is not necessarily on the fantasy sci-fi side of guns it's mostly realistic size you know and I was wondering, like, what are your thoughts on, like, you know, weapons and guns, like, for example, in Fallout games? Like, have you seen those? 
Yeah, uh, those are actually pretty cool because they are a bit more thought out, I'd say. I mean, they're not really my cup of tea, um, but yeah, I still like them, honestly. Um, some guns I usually really don't like are those like very like mm, forward sci-fi, like into the future that are like super crazy. I don't know, like Halo guns, for example. Those are definitely not my cup of tea. Um, uh, I really like that like near future like type of period you know um for example like, i don't know like the latest battlefield is the right like spot where where i like to sit you know like that near future still reliable um in a certain way like you you can you can relate to uh but with that with a sci-fi twist you know um i kind of like that stuff but yeah uh, it's um honestly like even even like some weird guns i i uh, i find myself to like them like i don't know uh elysium gun for example like super super nice even like the super sci-fi one because like they actually thought through they're not like uh random sci-fi mess you know uh they tend to do in video games a bit more but yeah, uh, yeah those are like my general thought yeah so you like guns basically that their logic makes sense in a sense, right? Like, for example, you see the mechanisms, how the mechanism works. It's not just a sci-fi fancy facade that just, you know, that people say, oh, that's a cool gun. No, you just want an actual gun that makes you believe that it could be real, you know? So I get it, yeah. Yeah, but there's yeah, some absolutely. going on in Fallout. Yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah, because I think, like, uh, if you can kind of sell that functionality vibe, um it's way better for, for the viewer you know it can c- kind of understand get more into like the story and, and everything if it's something like too uh out there which is like too um dis- distant for what we have at the moment it's like it's difficult to relate again um so i'd say yeah uh, i kind of like something a bit more like realistic you know yeah that, that's also like my general thought process for like most of my personal work uh, I'm, I'm actually f- developing a, an ip uh, it actually started from like um, like like a joke pretty much um but yeah like it's usually uh probably yeah it's probably like a bit more sci-fi than the stuff i usually do but it's still very relatable it's very greedy it's very like uh, industrial uh, you can like pick up certain shape in today's cranes for example so this is like the, the, the design i like to do usually all right, and actually, there's something else that we also discussed this, you know, of course, before we started recording, but I just wanted, I think it's an interesting subject nonetheless, uh, which is, uh, you mentioned that you're from Italy, but you're in Croatia, so what we also discussed was, you know, you're also doing this digital nomad lifestyle, you know, could you share us your experience of, like, being a digital nomad and to the audience as well? Okay, um, so yeah, um, I'm actually from Italy. Um, I lived in the UK for like five years. I was like full time there. Uh, I was freelance first, then I worked for a creative assembly for two, no, three years and a half. Uh, so it was pretty stable there. Then the COVID situation happened, and um, my my girlfriend had some like uh, family problems and stuff like that. She wanted to be like a bit closer to family, so we we actually decided to go back to Italy. Um, also because like we had like some, uh, some very favorable, like, uh, tax regulation there because like we've been outside of the country for two years and for five years we had like some, uh, a really, really convenient tax bracket to be in basically. So, because usually taxes in Italy are extremely, uh, crazy. 
uh, they're like 73% with like social contribution is something insane. So yeah, um, I was like, yeah, for five years, we, we kind of sat, uh, it was actually like even cheaper than the tax in the, in the UK. So I was sold on that. Um, but yeah, then I remember how the Italian bureaucracy is. Then I remember like all the, like the <laughs> weird stuff going on in Italy. And um, after a couple of months, we decided to like uh, be on the road, basically. Um, yeah, we must have been to Croatia, honestly. Uh, also because like for summer, I wanted to um, to be here because they have a very um, they have very nice beaches and like uh, very cool natural places. I'm really big into that as well. I, uh, even where I live here now, um, I told you like I'm on, pretty much on the top of a hill, and it's super cool because I have a trail uh, right outside my door. I can walk my dog, and it's like super super cool. It's something I really enjoy. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, it it it's quite tough from like um like um bureaucratic point of view because like most most uh, people don't really understand the setting. Even even like the uh, the accountants, they struggle a bit with the with the whole situation because at the moment um, I'm still resident in the UK, which is like not really true and um, my company is there uh, as well um but yeah as long as you keep moving uh, all countries are, are, have their own regulation but for example croatia has like six months where you can pretty much like leave tax-free uh, then you have to move on otherwise you, you consider it a tax resident in the country and you have to pay taxes um and also, like, I don't like to fly much, especially with my dog. I have a big dog. It's always, like, a pain to fly with dogs. Um, so we were kind of, like, looking around, like, um, places here in, in, in Europe, like, reachable by car instead of, like, flying. Because otherwise, if you fly, there are so many places to go. Bali, for example, I just recently um, announced, like, um, um, like five years tax-free completely in the country. For, attract, uh, for attracting like uh, digital nomads and stuff like that. So there are many options. Portugal is pretty good as well in Europe. Um, but yeah, most countries usually, like if you're a European citizen, for example, they allow you to stay there three months as a European citizen and three months more if you like apply for like long stay. And But then you have to pay taxes. So it's something to consider. Usually um, my suggestion would be to stay like three to six months in a country and then move on in another. Um, at the moment, actually, like I'm looking to settle because I I really want to like um, uh, yeah have a a base basically a place to stay. Um, I, I don't mind like traveling around and stuff like that. Maybe I, I do it again. I'll do it again in the future. But I want a, a place, a house where I can like leave my stuff because uh, it's a bit of a, a pain sometimes to just like go around and stay very minimal with the stuff you have, you know, uh, clothes and like. Uh, equipment for working and all that stuff um but yeah it, it has been like a very interesting experience of course and it's super cool to see um different like countries and cultures and stuff like that and um yeah uh, we we've been living off um airbnbs like uh on uh, sorry uh, we are living uh on with uh in Airbnbs, like, there we go, um, which is which can be quite expensive, especially like around around like summertime and like holiday times. Uh, but other than that, it's probably the best option because you don't have any um, any like problem with like electricity bills and like uh, water bills and register internet, whatever. It, 
it's literally like a place where you go, you have internet, you have everything ready to work, and then you can pack your stuff and go somewhere else. So I'd say like that's the best probably like setting to like um, work. But yeah, that that's my experience. <clears throat> All right, and well, let's answer some of the questions that people ask that you know i put the question box in the stories and let's see what people ask all right so uh, i mean a one quella i mean these are some like weird usernames i'm sorry i, I don't know how to read that sorry to mispronounce it asked, what are your daily rates that's the question um i usually don't um don't like uh make my my rates like public because like um most of the time like it changes based on the client um i'm actually like i'm i'm quite like um uh, fond on the idea of like having uh different like uh type of charging for like different type of clients and the, uh, like size of the business and stuff, stuff like that uh but yeah i start from 650 usually all right and um, most of the time i do I, i i prefer to do like project price as well uh, i don't really like to um price my time by like the time i spend on something rather oh, yeah. than the value i provide but it depends i mean uh at the moment i'm, I'm working with a client and it's daily rate so you have yeah. to like accommodate the client sometimes as well exactly and 96 love me forever that's his username ask how yeah no think... it's a great guy yeah. yeah how to think like designer how to train your mind to think uh i'd say like you really have to um eat and digest tons of references um collect them uh look them through study them and reverse engineer those references and uh, reference can be uh, as i said before can be like um, images on the internet or can be someone else's work as well um but yeah you really have to like put in the work especially in the beginning to uh develop your own aesthetic to uh again start to think as a designer you know to like uh understand why that bolt goes there sometimes you can you can go a bit like random of course we're working in entertainment it's not it's not like industrial design and engineering you have to be like 100% perfect um I always like uh, mention the fact that uh, most of the time in entertainment you work with perceived functionality right but you still have to know what you're doing right so you have to like pretty much reverse engineer um the content and the references you have and understand why certain things are done in a specific way right why i don't know why a rail is done like that uh, an and guard is done like a, with a quad rail because you can attach different attachments why like i don't know like uh, m lock is better or worse than a quad rail it's something like you can google you can uh, search on youtube but, but yeah asking questions i'd say it's like a great way to um start thinking more as a, as a designer for sure all right and all right another question by aquila he has two questions all right he he says mm -hmm. some advice for beginners on how to get clients Hmm. Uh, I mean, um, easiest way, honestly, is the quality of the work. I know it sounds like harsh to some people, um, but literally, like most of my gigs, uh, I've been contact contacted by the client, 
Um, so as long as you provide quality, um, clients will find you, honestly. Uh, I mean, um, starting out, <clears throat> Uh, it's, it's, it's usually quite difficult to, um, I mean, it's quite difficult usually to find your, uh, your core niche, uh, and start working from your core niche most of the times. I mean, at least from my experience, there are quite people that did that. They started doing, I don't know, hard surface, they did hard surface all the time and they ended up doing like concept art for hard surfaces. Um, but yeah, like. Speaking from my experience, it's usually easier to get like um, a big all-around education you can do by yourself. Of course, you don't need any school or whatever. I'm self, I completely self-taught, uh, so uh, that that's the thing. Um, but yeah, like um, you can you can you can literally just like uh, do like a bit of everything just to have an idea of how it works and. Being a prof- at a professional level of pretty much everything is usually way easier to get like an entry level position in the industry rather than do I don't know like extremely like uh, well done hard surface especially hard surface honestly I I find it's like an an hard topic to like break the break the industry in you know uh, because if you do characters if you do um, environments usually it's a bit easier especially environments uh, environments uh, concept artists are very like um uh like requested i'd say in the industry and our surface is very specific so you need to be at a very high level to get jobs into that um so yeah again to start, um, I suggest to like get an, an idea of pretty much everything, and that may that may be specialized on something you really like. But that's my my uh, my suggestion. All right, Dos, man, that's actually such interesting because uh, one of my favorite niches that I would love to like you know break into as well in the industry is hard surface. Now that you say it, oh, I, yeah. I realize maybe I should I don't know like you know get good at some like. Because as you said, you know, hard surface is pretty niche and I think I should stick with general stuff first and get good at those, you know, and fundamentals, then move to hard surfaces. That's their mentality or trying to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong, though. Like, it's still doable, uh, but you really need to put so much effort into it. I mean, um, uh, a a guy that uh, recently did it, um, Gun, it's called Gun, it's from Mongolia. Um, I remember years ago, it was like just starting out, but um, he, he studied a lot and he started putting out very cool and complex pieces and eventually got like some really nice uh, and cool gigs with like Microsoft, like uh, he worked on Star Atlas, stuff like that. He's a friend of mine. So um, he's a very good example of like someone that um, picked her knee, his niche from the beginning and pushed through and eventually got where he wanted to go. Um, but yeah, it's it's difficult because like you really have to put uh, lots of effort into it because like again, it's in you have like a kind of small request in the industry for like that particular topic, especially in concept art because like for a three D artist it's a bit easier. They always need like production artists to do retopology, to do hard surface and stuff like that. But for concept artists it's a bit um, uh, more difficult. So uh, you already have like a, a small like request, and there are quite some people getting into hard surface now as well. So you really have to excel to get like lots of jobs on, on that. And again, it's always useful to have other skills as well because like um, like one of the latest gigs I worked on, uh, it was characters. 
So um, yeah, uh, I, I also like like to switch as well, and I did an environment as well last month. So yeah. <clears throat> all right, and um, all right. The last question is by Art Hacker. He asks, ask him if he will mentor me. I'll pay. I just need a few, not just to unlock my potential. Uh, yeah, um, I talked uh, with uh, with that guy yesterday as well because he reached out to me on, in my DMs, um, and I told him already. Like, I'm I'm quite I'm um, I'm not really like comfortable in charging an individual as much as they charge a company, you know. And to make it uh, to to to, uh, to kind of make that um, um, that type of like learning material which is like one-on-ones almost or like a mentorship class or something i'd need at least i don't know like five persons probably something like that in order to make it like cost effective uh, and like not a waste of time for me you know so uh, it's something like i consider in the future for sure uh if there is interest in doing that um but yeah at the moment yeah i don't offer any any one-on-one coaching or whatever <clears throat> All right. I hope that answers that. And all right, let's jump to our next subject, which is who are some of your favorite artists and designers that have inspired you the most? Okay. Yeah. Um, in, in the beginning, I had many, honestly, like uh, lots of people, like I bought some, uh, some courses and tutorials from uh, John Sweeney. I mentioned one. Uh, it really, it really told, told me how to like, like photo bash and do some environments and stuff like lighting, all that type of stuff. So yeah, that's definitely like an artist that um, impacted me uh, in in my career. Another one is for sure like Vitali Bulgarov. Um, I literally when when I started it was like uh, it was like working on those like uh, one robot per day challenge, whatever. So seeing that like, in real time, like him putting out that stuff, it was like, really inspiring for me. And I'd say, I think like everyone in the industry that does art surface has a huge respect for like Vitaly Bogov because he was like one of the first to actually like start working in 3D as a designer and putting out like amazing, amazing content. Uh, another artist that uh, inspired me for sure, especially for his work ethic and uh, um, yeah, his work ethic mostly. It w- was like, um, and still is honestly, Maciej Kuchala. Uh, really, really famous um, <clears throat> artist that like uh, really did a lot for the community in terms of like learning material and like podcast and shit on stuff. So yeah, I'd say so. And um, another one that I really like from from a um, pure design point of view is like Aaron Beck. Uh, his robots and weapons and like he created amazing amazing content for like movies and and, uh, and video games uh, oh you can always like uh, feel it's it's his work because uh, he has like such a, a distinctive um style and yeah there his creations i've never seen before so yeah it's it's a great great designer that really inspired me <clears throat> All right. And all right. What are you working on right now that you can tell us about? What kind of project is it? I mean, of course, there's always NDAs involved. I mean, if that's the case, I mean, we can skip right past this question. Yeah. But if that's not the case, um, what are you doing right now? Um, at the moment, I'm working uh, with Activision. 
actually. Um, I'm working on the new Call of Duty from Triage. Of course, I can say the name because that's still NDA. Um, I'm also doing some guns for uh, um, COD Mobile. So, yeah, it's mostly like Activision at the moment. And then I have like some uh, some other like smaller clients here and there sometimes um, that I, I manage to still follow, honestly. <clears throat> All right. And... What are, the, what are some of the areas besides art that you would be interested to explore and learn in the future? Like, basically, what I'm trying to ask is, you know, what other ambitions or hobbies or, you know, other stuff you want to do in life you have besides art, you know? Absolutely. Like, I'm, I'm huge into working out, honestly. And uh, um, I think everyone, honestly, working a desk job should should do that. Um, I, I honestly, like, I have like a particular love for that, but yeah, anyone should like, at least like move a bit just to keep healthy, you know? Um, so yeah, I like to lift weights, like, um, do some workouts, run, uh, rock, uh, with my dog, uh, walk, um, go hiking and stuff like that. So that's a huge part of like my life for sure. Um, what else? I, I like shooting. Um, as I told you before, it's like, um, great passion passion i have like since i'm a child honestly i remember like my dad <laughs> used, used to give me like uh the first like um, electric guns you know like airsoft guns they were like super crazy because uh, you had to like plug them in in the um in the in the in the electric like plug so, Outlet. <laughs> so they're like super yeah they were super nasty like a shit ton of like smoke and stuff like that. I really like um, like that a lot, and I was always like into shooting and military stuff since I was a kid. So there is that as well. And um, what else, honestly? Uh, I play video games sometimes. Um, not much, honestly. Like I'm not huge into video games. I'm, I'm recent, I recently like uh, replaying Stronghold Crusader. <laughs> it's a very old game. Stronghold Two as well. Two, um, the first one or the second one? It, yeah, the, the second, second one. one. Stronghold Two oh, and oh. and Stronghold Crusader number one. Yeah, like the the graphic is like absolutely nasty, but um, I love it for what it is. <laughs> so I still play it sometimes. I still play the first um, one sometimes. Uh, it's absolutely amazing, honestly. Like it's yeah. one of the best games, and it's a big part of my of my childhood as well. So you have good memories. I really, I can really relax. Uh, there because like sometimes you can you can be stressed out for like working long hours and stuff like that you know so I don't mind just like sitting there um, after my workout of course just to keep healthy and all that stuff just to sit there back again and yeah have some fun and clear my head a bit. All right, awesome. And by the way, who's your favorite like ally in a Stronghold Crusader one? Like you know who do you pick as ally usually? Song of Crusader one. I mean, uh, I love the I love the rat. <laughs> Wait, on on max difficulty. Uh, okay. Um, I I play only the two, a stronghold two, a stronghold Crusader one. So you yeah, have um, Saladin one. In, in in Crusader. Oh, in Crusader, I I didn't play Crusader one. No. Um, the the the, the graphic is like too bad for me. Uh, I started from the two oh. because, like, um, I'm a bit. I don't know if, you, if I'm older or like younger than you. I'm 29 now, but yeah, I'm I never got 25. to play the. the, the, the... Yeah. Oh, uh, you're younger than me, okay? But yeah, yeah I never got to play like the, the the first one. But yeah, um, yeah. honestly, like, I also like um, I, I play in Italian 
Um, so yeah, all like the, the classic lines, you know, are in Italian. And sometimes I just like um, joke with my girlfriend. I'm like, oh, we need like, uh, like rocks, whatever. Because I, I don't know like the, the line in English, but yeah, they're, they're actually quite, quite funny in, uh, in Italian as well. Um, but yeah, I, I honestly like, I just love like the fact that you can tune out and like build your castle and like collect resources and like uh, repel orders and stuff like that. I re- it really clears my mind. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is like it's funny that you mentioned it because in Iran, you know, the first version of the game that came in was the Farsi dubbed version of it, and everyone remembers it as and it's a funny meme, especially the Farsi lines in the like <laughs> the because we don't we didn't play it like in English and it's so funny actually. Yeah, uh, there we go. Yeah, yeah. It's the same in Italy, honestly. We uh, everyone played in Italian, so like the, the iconic lines uh, are in Italian. <laughs> and yeah, the guy like... holding like the book like that is also like, quite funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So we've reached the final question and section of the podcast, which is called Final Words. All right. Let me explain yeah. what it is, basically. Um, imagine in a limited amount of time, like a couple of minutes, you know that you had in that window of time, you had the opportunity to say anything to anyone who might be listening to this podcast in the future. Like they've been listening to this podcast and, they're, and now they're at 48, 50 seconds, you know, and they're listening to us right now. To those people, what do you have to say? It could be anything. Um, you mean like in terms of like, like uh, a suggestion I could do to other yeah. ads, stuff like that? No, not okay. just for arts, just in general, like as a human to another human being. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, let me think. Mm. I'd say, like, um, love your craft because, like, um, I, I've seen, like, recently, like, it's, it's quite common now for artists, like, to um, really um, get too much into the, like, social media machine, you know? They, 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 they tend to be super super productive just to push uh, pieces out for like money and stuff like that which is all cool but um i'd say like my suggestion would be love your craft find find something you really like to do and uh yeah it, it will feel like not working basically uh, if you can find your true passion in in design because uh, actually design is like such a like a broad like uh like discipline you can literally do anything so if you are ready into being an artist being a designer like like really spend your time to find what you really like um don't like mind like uh, failing uh while exploring because i did that as well i did like some i even did like some fantasy pieces back in the day that i won't <laughs> I, I won't show but yeah i did that as well so yeah spend your times like the first year maybe um trying to explore what you like to do and then like just crush it honestly that's that that, that, that would be like my suggestion uh for for another artist like maybe starting out or even already in the community all right awesome and i think you're you're a bit lagging i think you had a little bit of wi-fi problem there but i think it's fine now yeah yeah and... you, you were also like frozen for a bit i was a bit Scared, but you 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 actually like yeah, recovered exactly. like yeah. once I finished so so cool yeah. <laughs> cool and all right so that's it thank you so much for coming by and where can people contact you if they had any questions is there an Instagram account okay 
for messaging and stuff like that? Yeah, I'd say Instagram is absolutely fun. Yeah, if they contact me on um, on Instagram, I can I can reply faster. I, I'd say like it's easier with that DMs. I don't I don't really like pay too much attention to like Alsatian messages sometimes, like um, I, I, unless they're like business stuff. But on Instagram, I'm I'm way more reachable. I usually reply to everyone. So yeah, if you want to contact me, whatever, feel free. Otherwise, my my email you can find it on Alsatian Instagram, whatever. If it's something like a bit more complex, but. Yeah, Instagram will be will be fine, I think. And All thanks right, so awesome. much. Th- th- thanks so much for having me as well, man. Uh, it was, um, pleasure, it was a pleasure. It's, it's fun. Yeah. And uh, thanks again for coming by. And thank you to anyone who tuned in and listened to this episode as well. I hope you enjoyed the new audio quality. I wow. need to check it after the podcast. I mean, we I did test everything out like ten times. Like I'm sure it's changed now. But you know, I'm kind of paranoid. You know, always. You know. And yeah, that's about it. And take care, everyone. Have a good day. Till next episode. Bye. Good.